to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our daily live call-in broadcast where trusted leaders bring biblical insights to the issues and you can call in and get your questions answered in real time. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get answers, information, and resources to help you stand for truth and effect godly change in our nation and the world. And now here's your host, Alex McFarland. Well, good evening and welcome to Truth and Liberty. We have a very special program tonight, as is the rest of the world. We're thinking about Israel. And tonight we have a very, very special guest, Jan Markell of Olive Tree Ministries. OliveTreeViews.org is the website. Uh, someone that I've admired for a lot of years. We're going to talk about Israel. We're going to talk about what's going on over there, the, the terrorist attacks. You know, around the world, certain uh, imams and Islamic leaders were calling for a day of worldwide global jihad, really. But there's so much going on, and we will get to questions later on in the program. You can call in, and you can ask myself and Jan Markell a question. But folks, I want you to meet a very, very special colleague in ministry, someone I've followed after for years. I've heard her commentary. In my view, and I don't use this word lightly, regarding the Middle East, regarding the Bible, prophecy, Israel, an expert. It's Jan Markell. Jan, thank you for being with us tonight on Truth and Liberty. Alex, thank you for having me. Well, historic you know, times. Oh, my goodness. Incredibly historic times. I want to get into a little bit of your back story and your, your journey. But um, let's just lay it out there. What is the prophetic significance, if any, of what we're seeing in the Middle East tonight? Well, the prophetic significance, of course, I believe Israel is the key to everything that happens in the last days. She miraculously became an independent nation in May of 1948. Um, a lot of your listeners weren't even born in, in 1948, but um, and that was actually came about sort of as a sympathy vote in the United Nations post-Holocaust. Um, the world was rightfully outraged at what happened to the Jewish people in the Second World War from 1933, approximately, through right, 1945. Um, millions and millions of Jews were annihilated in the concentration camps. And, and the world, parts of the world said they didn't know. Of course, we had no mass communications in the late 30s and the 40s like we do today. So parts said they didn't know this was going on. Um, our own U.S. president um, in the 1940s, uh, Roosevelt sort of wanted to play a little bit ignorant, but he knew and he chose not to intervene in World War II. And by that, I mean intervene to save the Jews. Um, I can't explain that. I honestly can't explain it. So all of that is a background to say that the world was rightfully uh, horrified in 1945, and in 48, the United Nations convened to to do something about this so that it never happens again. And and Harry Truman, at the time U.S. president, um, was the first to cast a vote in that session uh, to say that yes, uh, Israel needed to become an independent, sovereign nation. And I think what they all had in mind was so that that would never happen again. 
Well, we're, they've been trying to make it happen again ever since 1948. Yeah. And Hamas is trying to make it happen again. So God will not let it happen. I guarantee you, uh, the Bible says that he that keeps Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. And it says as long as the sun and the moon and the stars are in the sky, as long as you see them, you will see the nation of Israel. She's not going away. Well, amen. You, you know, um, teaching on world religions and yes. worldview, uh, when Islam was birthed around 622 A.D., Israel had already been in their land for thousands of years. Uh, so what would uh, liberals or pro-Palestinian people that they, they always try to paint Israel as the aggressor when we know, you know, God gives nations the right to self-defense. What, what do liberals say when confronted with the reality that by historical precedent, and we would say by divine right, the land belongs to the Jewish people? You know, I, I can't always figure out the mindset um, of a liberal. Um, they, 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 they don't think rationally. They, they don't do their homework. They don't do their research. They react emotionally. And um, I, I'm, I, I can't get in the liberal mind, but, but I think that what has people more perplexed than anything as a part of your question is then why do, if, 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 the, if liberals historically have not been very pro-Israel, then why do the Jews keep voting for liberals? Now, I mean, that's kind of a program in and of itself, but I'll give you a short answer to that. If somebody can ask a probing question, I'm happy to go deeper. But the short answer to that question is that most of the Jewish people, let's say their ancestors, their, certainly their grandparents, and in some cases their parents, fled re repressive nations. They fled, my grandparents, my Jewish grandparents, fled Russia. Um, in about 1900, and they fled socialism, not communism yet, but they fled socialism. Um, and, and that seems to be what they knew. And besides the mindset there is we always look out for the downtrodden, we always look out for the underdog, and only liberalism looks out for the underdog. Now, Alex, you and I know that isn't true, but it's a lie that a lot of people, not just Jews, personally, I think most liberals have bought into the lie that that um, th that only liberals look out for the downtrodden. I, I, I mean, this is not true, but that's what's kind of gone around the world a hundred thousand times, and and so many people believe it. Um, so that is why so many Jewish people vote Democrat. They're very liberal people, very liberal politically, and in every other way as well. Um, so, but that's that. I mean, again, that 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 requires a you know an hour long to explore that, and it's not that important. I just wanted to raise that because it's a question that always comes to people's mind, and that is why do they vote for the party or the system? Let's just say the system that's going to ultimately hurt freedom because it leans towards socialism and communism. Do Do you think the light bulb is coming on, and any uh, American liberal? Jewish Democrats are seeing where this is going? Well, as a matter of fact, and, and, and yes, this is not, this is not a, a Donald Trump statement here, but 
Donald Trump won several, I couldn't tell you the percentage, but he did much, much better in 2016 um, because some are beginning to move a little bit. But I have family members that will never move. <laughs> it just won't happen. And and I don't fully understand that. But uh, But anyway, they're pretty well set in their ways. But then I am, too when it comes to you know, worldview and um, things that I think, I mean, even politics, I'm pretty set in my way. How did you become a Christian? Uh, I was taken to hear a Jewish evangelist when I was 11 years old. His name was Hyman Appleman, very wonderful fundamentalist yeah. uh, evangelist. And I, he may have passed away maybe in the 60s, I'm not sure, but I was only 11. Um, and I didn't really know what he was talking about. All I know is something convicted my heart that, you know, what he's saying is true. I need to listen up, and I think I need to respond. And he's asking me to give my life over to Jesus. I was pretty much unchurched at 11, and I did that that day. My life was turned upside down it's, uh, quite a while ago now. But um, I, we, we then moved to a part, a part of Minneapolis where we moved almost next door to a Baptist church, and that's where I got really grounded as a teenager and a young adult. I'm so thankful because today a lot of churches aren't going to ground anybody because they're not, they're not solid enough to do that. Now, not all, but some. Was your family Jewish? Yes. Uh -huh. How did they react? Um, well, my mother um, had already... My mother had already um, was very, very, very uh, gospel friendly, and my dad was very hostile. Um, my mother came to faith right after I did, and then we became very active in, in our, our local church. This is a while ago, of course. My dad ultimately came to faith. He died in uh, 2001. He came wow. to faith. He, came, he became a believer. It was towards the very end, but better late than never. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, this could be a whole nother show itself. Sure. What are what are some of the keys to sharing Jesus with a Jewish person? Oh, you know, I, I probably uh, I'm not prepared on that, but I'll just give some some kind of off the cuff uh, comments. Sharing uh, Jesus with a Jewish person, um, I think number one, show them that you're really truly interested in them, um, uh, become a friend of theirs. Um, uh, it's been so many years since I was involved in Jewish evangelism in my 30s. And, and I tell you, Alex, it's the toughest kind of evangelism there is uh, because the Jewish people are, have, been, have been drilled that, that they would never become a Christian, that Jesus is the root of all their troubles because Jesus was Jewish. <laughs> And once he was crucified, it was all the Jews' fault, and they paid a price for it for all these 2,000 years. Um, so it, it's just it's a difficult area of ministry. I was originally with Jews for Jesus, and um, we went on the streets. We went on the streets of New York City. They still do. On the streets of New York City with gospel tracts. And we were quite frankly, we were roughed up. In some cases, we were, you know, pushed to the ground and and sworn at. Uh, oh, we goodness. went we went through it. We took a lot of abuse. Um, as a matter of fact, we all had to wear a whistle. And when we were starting to be beaten up, we blew the whistle, and our teammates came and and got us out of this mess that we'd gotten ourselves in because we were sharing the gospel. And again, uh, the Jews, not all. Some are very open, very very open. 
and others are quite hostile. And again, <coughs> uh, they feel that, that be, become, becoming a Christian would be a traitor to their parents, their grandparents, and, and just to everything they know. Now, thankfully, that's changing, and, and, and Jews coming to Jesus is a rapid phenomenon now. Well, tell us about Olive Tree Ministries and the work you do. Um, Olive Tree is not involved directly in Jewish evangelism, though we're certainly very, we're very supportive of it, needless to say. Um, we try to look at all that's going on in the world, maybe from more of an angle of Bible prophecy. And again, there's all sorts of interpretations for eschatology, as it's known. And, and I just take a premillennial uh, dispensational approach. I, you can call it the old Hal Lindsey theology, Tim LaHaye. Um, and, and that's how I came to faith. I came to faith by, because somebody gave me late great planet Earth as a young person. I read every every page of the book. I was convicted that everything that was said in that particular uh, book was truth and that turned yeah. my life mm -hmm. around. And now I am always looking up. And again, the key to everything is the nation of Israel, past, present, future. Yeah. You, you know, May of this year, 2023, it was 75 years. Correct. Um, let me ask this question. Um, do you believe it's biblical that some of the people alive when Israel was reborn will still be alive when Christ returns? And if that be the case, 75 years in, does that mean that we could be very, very, very near the return of Jesus? Yeah, I think that the Bible would substantiate that, um, that the, the, the generation that sees um, Israel become a nation um, could, would never say must, could be the generation that's going to see the literal return of Jesus Christ and what I call the rapture of the church. Not every denomination embraces that, of course, um, but I think it's very possible, even probable, now, again, those folks are getting older, so does that mean that uh, it could be today? Well, the Bible suggests that it could be, you know, any day. That I think the sentiment of the Bible is perhaps today. Now, could Christ have returned before Israel became a nation? He could because this, the, uh, the, uh, the rapture is virtually signless, but I think that the rapture Again, not everyone believes in that. Some believe only in a second coming. Um, but I, I do believe that the rapture of the church hinged on Israel becoming a nation. And uh, then in, uh, in um, much more recent years, of course, the Jer Jerusalem went back in 1967. Jerusalem went back into the hands of the Jews. Another hugely important phenomenon that happened in 67. Right. And then in 73, the incredible... Six, uh, not six day, uh, Yom Kippur War of October um, 73. And by the way, Alex, what's going on now is an absolute carbon copy of what happened in 73. Even to the date is 50 years and a few hours um, since the October 73 war. What happened last Saturday, October 7th. It was October 6th, uh, 1973, and October 7th, 2023, 50 years and, and about a half a day apart. Um, how did this attack happen? I mean, 
Um, I've, I've known a lot of friends that are involved in the military and some that work in the Pentagon. Jan, I've always yeah. heard that Israel has the best intel yeah. in the world. Well, you know, that's a tremendous question, um, Alex. I do radio. I do weekly radio, Understanding the Times. And uh, as I speak, my guest is uh, Amir Sarfati. Uh, he's an Israeli. He's an evangelical Christian. And of course, he was, he was a practicing Jew, and then he got saved. Um, and, and, and now he is he's speaking literally, literally all over the world. And, and we tackled this question that you just asked me, you know, how did it happen? He's not sure how it happened because, again, Israeli intelligence is the best. Um, what broke down? Why didn't Benjamin Netanyahu and his everybody under him, intelligence, military, politicians, how could they have been caught so off? How is this possible to the point yeah. where now uh, well over a thousand Israelis have been slaughtered, and I mean massacred. How do you? How do you? How do? How does your intelligence fail so horrifically? I just read sixteen hundred. Sixteen hundred. Yeah. Okay. Tragic. Uh, and it will probably go up. Probably go up uh, to at least two thousand, though, because we don't know what's going to happen to these hostages. My hunch is. I hate to say it, my hunches are going to be killed, um, and they're probably going to be used as uh, bartering uh, tools. And and when Israel per perhaps won't comply, they'll be slaughtered on a, before a camera. So things are are actually getting they're not getting better. They're probably even intensifying as I speak. It's it's still early in the game. This happened just a week ago. Um, I don't think, I mean, I think the turning point, and Amir brings this out in my radio program, um, the turning point was, and, and it, it, we're, we're kind of shocked as we say it, because Joe Biden, he's not a friend of Israel. He may walk out there and sound like he is. He's not. He's not a friend of Israel. There, there's hardly a liberal alive today who's a friend of Israel. I got to be blunt. Um, and I think he knew that the pressure coming his way, because initially he sent out a tweet the day it happened. Uh, October 7th, he sent out a tweet and said, don't retaliate, Israel. Well, their people are being slaughtered and Israel's not to retaliate. Are you kidding? Yeah. Um, so then he, then he changed courses and, and then he allowed the, the sent the uh, Gerald R. Ford mm -hmm. aircraft carrier to dock outside of uh, Lebanon. And that, that put the brakes on, I think, some of the carnage that was about to happen and it may limit the destruction it won't stop it but it may limit some of the destruction that's going on now i'm told a, a second carrier is on its way will be there in about a week um and that's tremendous deterrence um and is israel is extremely thankful and this happened in 73 richard nixon did the same thing richard nixon the, then the soviets were coming down in 73 the Soviets had actually begun to head towards Israel, and Nixon says, "If you take, if you go one more mile, that's ground for World War III, and we will strike." And they stopped. So, will um, leftist leaders in Washington do the same now? I'm hoping so. There's no guarantee because a liberal is, they're wacky in their thinking, and and I I, I don't trust anything that they're doing. Uh, this is exactly 50 years to the month. Mm -hmm. Is there, on the Islamic side of the ledger, 
Is there any significance to that? I don't know. I, I'm not that attuned to Islam. I don't know. I don't think so, or I would have heard. I've not heard that from anybody. So does Israel have the hardware and the personnel to fight this war? Um, yes, she does. But that doesn't mean that there won't be casualties. Uh, obviously, yeah. there already have been. Um, and I think the thing that it makes it so tough, I mean, Israel is dropping leaflets all over Gaza and telling the folks where they're going to strike, which, of course, any barbarian uh, opposition to Israel would never do, starting with the Islamic world. They would never do that. Right. So Israel is trying to warn its specific sections of Gaza. She's dropping leaflets, and, and, and folks are fleeing, and so obviously not a, And then Hamas is blocking their exit so they can't get away. This is the nature of Islam. It's beyond our comprehension. And the fact is, Israel should never have given up uh, Gaza in 2005. That was the biggest mistake she may have ever made, gave up Gaza, gave it over to Islamic elements in, in 2005. That was George W. Bush. So this, yeah. Is, yeah. this is Republican and Democrat. Republicans do right. They do wrong. Democrats do right, and they do wrong. Harry Truman, Democrat, was the first to vote for her independence. The Democrat Party was different in 1948 than it is today, however. Um, so I think your original question is, how did the intelligence fail? We don't know yet. I'm wondering if Benjamin Netanyahu will even survive this war, if he may, could be kicked out of all—I hope not. But he, on his watch— uh, the second greatest catastrophe has happened, number one being uh, Yom Kippur War, October 73. Second greatest catastrophe, Hamas in um, October 2023. Well, speaking of what happens on whose watch, yeah. let me ask you this. Had Donald J. Trump been in the White House, would this have happened? No, because the world is afraid of Donald J. Trump. And, 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 and I don't say that as a partisan. It's just a fact. That's all. They're afraid. Donald Trump is a bully. And at this point in time, that's needed in this terrible, terrible world. Yeah. And, and, and he comes across gruff and he comes across like, like just a neighborhood bully. And, and that's what's needed in a world that's falling apart, in a world that's being taken over by tyrants. And they're afraid of the bullies. So... Um, I give him credit for that, and and, um, and and again, I mean, the Democrat Party is, they sold Israel out a number of years ago, and, and they have no loyalty, and then so many, I mean, again, the voters are often Jewish, not, I mean, some are anyway, but again, that's changing, so um, I'm, I'm encouraged that that's changing. If you're just tuning in, folks, this is Truth and Liberty, Alex McFarland with Jan Markell of OliveTreeViews.org. We're going to take phone calls in a few moments. That number is 719-619-2341, 719-619-2341. And uh, if you want to ask a question about Israel and the fighting in the Middle East, tonight is the night because Jan Markell is an expert. She's written eight major books with prominent publishers and dozens of DVDs. She's on uh, satellite TV, she's in the media, and she's a highly respected voice on issues relevant to the Middle East. And, you know, Jan, I, I was thinking about this, um, the dynamics around Israel. 
I think this is one of the greatest arguments that uh, God exists and yes. that there are you know, supernatural dynamics at play. I mean, you think about this, a disproportionately small people group, and yet throughout the centuries, wave after wave after wave of persecution and animus. Um, I, I guess I wonder how anybody could miss the, the spiritual dynamics that are so obviously at play. Well, I'll tell you, Alex, a lot of denominations miss them. And, and I think when it comes to churches, it is theology that gets in the way. Um, be it replacement theology, the church is the new Israel, that's huge. And I'm only speaking here from the church. I, I, I can't really ad address so much the secular world, but I know that the uh, what I've battled for uh, several decades is theology and the worst is the, is the replacement theology that the church is Israel. Um, that has that has been going on for, I don't know, probably a thousand years. The reformers didn't help uh, because the reformers kind of went along with that. So thank yeah. God for for premillennial dispensationalism, which which came into its came into sort of into if I can dare use the word popularity. Uh, and maybe I should just use the word prominence. Um, probably more about 50 years ago, though. I mean, it, it, it's it's nothing new. I mean, there were a lot of prominent dispensationalists going back, but I think it came into being after Israel became a nation in 48, and certainly in the 1970s, and certainly yeah. some of the writings of Hal Lindsey and Tim LaHaye is what put it on the map. Yeah, and uh, John Walford of yes, Dallas exactly. Dallas Seminary, yeah. yeah. So um, let's define what is premillennialism. Well, premillennialism says Jesus Christ is going to return uh, first in the rapture and followed seven years later uh, by the uh, second coming. And uh, then he will establish the millennial kingdom uh, at that time when he comes back in the second coming. That would be premillennialism. Obviously, there's other theologies at play here, I don't happen to subscribe to amillennialism, which um, doesn't take anything literally, and it would be replacement theology. There's postmillennialism. Um, my goodness, you know, there's preterism, which says all prophecy happened in 70 AD. I mean, there's different theologies. It gets complex. I happen to hold to what I, what's pending is the rapture of the church tribulation, uh, followed by a second coming, uh, Israel playing the key role in, in all of that post-rapture, even before with her becoming a nation. Um, so again, get a hold of a book, Lake Great Planet Earth, anything by Tim LaHaye would explain all of this. You can do some Googling online. And go to my website, olivetreeviews.org, you can just see the articles I'm posting all day long right now because of the crisis. Just go to headlines and you can take a look at it. Go to any of my articles. I have five categories, and I think they will explain our times as best as I know how. Do, do any of the Jewish people in Israel understand the prophetic significance of that nation at this moment? Oh, sure. They do. Now, that doesn't mean they accept um, <laughs> our theology necessarily. Um, and so many of them don't know their Bible. So many of them are irreligious. They're, they're agnostic or, or even atheist, um, which is tragic, but that's what's happened in the last hundred years or so. 
Um, so every time they see a miracle, they have to stop and think, you know, maybe these goofy uh, premillennial dispensationalists are correct. So I think they're listening. And for every crisis, they're listening more. Um, we've got a break coming up, but is there a book um, or any resources you would recommend to help people really understand the Middle East? Um, I, you know, if I if you can give me a moment to give that some thought, I mean, I can do that. I, it's just not coming well, to mind hold right that away. Thought. We've got a yeah. brief break. Stay tuned, yeah. folks. Truth and Liberty is back after this. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, all you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. With practical government, you have experts in the field that are sharing their perspective, wisdom, and experience. It's not available anywhere else in the world. We teach biblical worldview. We're going to teach a Christian heritage of our American government. They're going to learn about the Founding Fathers. We're teaching the Constitution, how government operates, practical skills, and field study. There's no better place on earth to get equipped than Karis. You know, God's not done with us. He's not done with America, and He's not done with you. So many people come into practical government school and they're scared because it's the mountain of government. But you know what? They come out so strong and that is so amazing. No matter where you're coming from, the world needs you. Whatever God's calling you to do, you're able to do it. To learn more, visit practicalgovernmentschool.com. Welcome back to Truth and Liberty, a very special night with Jan Markell of Olive Tree Ministries. Like the whole wide world, we're thinking about Israel. I, I hope you're praying for Israel. And this Sunday in church, uh, have a time to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Do that, won't you? Psalm 122 verse 6 says mm -hmm. that we are to pray for the peace of Jerusalem and all that love thee will prosper. And so we are going to go to calls in just a moment. So many questions. We've got questions that are coming in online. By the way, I want to say a big thank you to those that are financially supporting Truth and Liberty. You're a partner with us. We encourage you to do that five nights a week, live television to 30% of the globe. Uh, we're talking about the gospel. We're talking about current events. We're talking about the battle of worldviews. And like the name says, truth and liberty. And the truth is Jesus Christ and freedom comes in the Savior. So be a part of what God is doing through this great ministry. And you can go to truthandliberty.net slash donate. And we encourage you to do that. Uh, Jan, I want to thank you again for being with us. And folks, the number is 719-619-2341. We've got our first call. But uh, first of all, Jan, again, give your website, if you would, and uh, what Olive Tree and your ministries, uh, what you all do. Uh, they can learn more at olivetreeviews.org, olivetreeviews.org. And we heavily look at current events, and we try to analyze them always from a biblical perspective, and heavily, not exclusively, but very often from 
the angle of Bible prophecy. And uh, Alex, you asked me about a book, and I just checked during the break here. Uh, a good place to start Mark, might be Dr. Mark Hitchcock, anything he writes, and he's, yeah. he's very prolific. He does have a book called Middle East Burning. It's not new, but Middle East is always burning. And he helps you explain, he helps to explain why. Anything by Tim LaHaye, outstanding on the Middle East. He's got many books. So, so those are two names that I totally trust. And there are other. Dr. Ron Rhodes has a number of books out oh, that are yes. outstanding. Yeah. So I think you can start with, um, with, with those three suggestions anyway. Wonderful. Well, we're going to go to Washington. Karen in Washington, thanks for holding. I've got to ask, Washington State or Washington, D.C.? Washington State. All right. Well, thanks for holding. Sure. And um, what is your question tonight? Um, well, I guess in a state where you can butcher children, yeah. you can t take it into the King County Jail and provide for prisoners to get all the care, hormonal and surgical transgender care they are entitled to, I guess, and somebody is going to pay for all this and pay for their emotional counseling, too. How is this done? Um, I think your, your question is, like, why and why would the government pay for something like this? Um, well, I, I think part of it, and Jan, I'd love for you to weigh in on this, part of this is indicative of how our nation has lost its moral compass. And, and by the way, let me just say that the Bible uses a term reprobate. In the Greek, it yes. literally means inconvenient. In other words, people who no longer are able to tell good from evil. And uh, Jan, let me just say the, the way that transgenderism and then gender reassignment for children. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. I mean, do you think this is indicative of the fact that huge segments of our culture have become, you know, beyond the awareness of, of right and wrong? And uh, it shows that we're in the last days. Yeah, in the last days, exactly. I, I have to go back to Romans 1 and... and um, People are going to be given over to the reprobate mind. They're they're not going to think soundly whatsoever. Romans one just warns of time coming, um, where mankind is going to be so reckless in his thinking. And I do believe we're there. Now will it get worse? Probably. But if if you know if you want to talk to your grandparents' generation or um, you know certainly my parents' generation, I mean. They didn't know what it was like to think like people are thinking just casually every day now. Yeah. Uh, I think that's an end time phenomenon. I think that um, that reprobate mind has come into, f even in Washington, um, I think that's where it headquarters, Washington, D.C. is where it headquarters. Now, I'm in Minnesota, and, and our legislature is a sister uh, to Washington State. It's, it's so radical liberal that we, we have thousands of Minnesotans fleeing, getting out of here, heading for hopefully what they think is a you know, red state. And all. There's no guarantee that that red state's going to be red in a year or two. But yeah. nonetheless, I sympathize with your caller. 
because uh, righteous people in both Minnesota and Washington State are in a state of outrage almost on a daily basis. It is shocking, to be sure. Well, you know, a little bit of encouragement. I don't know if you saw in the news this morning, Tennessee has passed a law. 20 states have passed a law prohibiting uh, gender reassignment for children, and 20 other states have pending legislation similar to that. So, you know, there are a few sane, clear heads that exist. But, folks, let me say this is not a Republican or Democrat issue. It's not even a Christian or non-Christian issue. This is an issue about reality. I mean, the idea that a male and a female are different. Object, you know, maleness, femaleness is an objective category of existence. I mean, this is just reality, isn't it, Jan? Yeah, it is, but uh, we're in strange times. <laughs> I didn't think they'd get this bizarre. Yeah. Karen, did you have a follow up question? Um, uh, well, kind of. Um, HIV is not curable. You can keep, I'm a former public health nurse. You can take a monthly pill and keep a blood titer level down, but it's not curable. And very often if people come down with HIV, there's about six or seven other diseases that go along with it, like hepatitis A, B, C, herpes, chlamydia, etc. <laughs> ever going to return to the human race. I don't get it anymore. Mm. Well, yeah, and and you know what's interesting, and Jan, you can speak to this if you want to, the way that the politicizing of sexual deviancy and even responsible science and medicine, I mean, I, I, I well remember in the 80s and 90s how the liberals were fighting that people HIV positive could still be blood donors. Mm-hmm. That, that's insanity, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I don't have a whole much comment. I really don't. You're saying everything I would agree with. Uh, it's, yeah. it's not my area of expertise at all. Karen, thank you. We're going to go to South Carolina. Linda in South Carolina, a friend of the program. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. Very interesting topic today. Just curious as to what the U.S.'s role is in this battle with Israel. I know that we are supporting them. I know that we are a friend of Israel. I know that we're at least giving lip service to the fact that we will provide whatever Israel needs to be victorious in this. But other than that, is there, biblically, I guess, technically, anything that uh, role that the U.S. has in this? Well, I guess the Bible verse that a lot of us look to, it's not a Bible verse necessarily about about America, um, but it can be applied for sure. Uh, and that would be Genesis 12, 3. God just says, I'm going to bless those who bless Israel. I'm going to curse those who curse her. Now, I would say, I'm, I'm speculating here, but if in fact um, America wouldn't be... A, Coming to Israel's aid as I speak, literally as I speak, um, I would think some serious judgment would be coming our way. But I do believe, in, and I'm, I'm 
I'm really quoting my friend Amir Safati. Again, he's my radio guest. I'm on about a thousand radio stations. If I'm not in your city, uh, olivetreeviews.org and go to radio, um, where I've got a video version of the program. And it's as it's as as he has said, um, the turning point. This turning point in '73 was Richard Nixon calling in a U.S. military if needed. Anyway. Uh, turning point in 2023 is the Gerald R. Ford air carrier heading towards the coast of, uh, well, heading towards the Mediterranean. I don't know where it's docking. Heading towards the Mediterranean. And and this sent a shockwave uh, into the enemies of Israel and America. And, and again, I do not believe, I'm sorry, but I do not believe Mr. Biden is friend of Israel. I believe he felt he had to do this. Well, okay, we'll take it because it, it's it's probably going to be the the single greatest um, contri contribution towards stabilizing this whole thing. If you can call what's going on being stabilized, it could be worse. It really could be worse. And that air carrier is the turning point for good. Now we don't. It's so new in the game here. It's been less than a week, so we don't know where it's all going. Uh, Linda, great question. Uh, do you have a follow-up question? Um, no, not really. I guess I was just, I remember the 73 war and yeah. um, remember how quickly it seemed to end overall when we were anticipating it was going to drag on and on. And I'm just praying that this one's going to be ending quickly with the fact that the U.S. has sent in this um, Gerald R. Ford um, ship and, you know, all of the other supplies that we have let it be known that the U.S. is going to supply to Israel, that some of the countries are going to back off. I'm just kind of waiting to see what yeah. Russia and China might do. And yeah, that is exactly. definitely a concern. But, but we've got to just keep praying. And, and we just know that, as the Bible verse you quoted, that a friend of Israel is going to be protected. And that's something the United States has got to do. We have got to continue yeah. to support Israel in every way that we can. Amen. And initially, we weren't going to here. And then the powers that be in Washington saw the tremendous support Israel had. And I'm talking about this past weekend. They saw the support and they realized they had no choice but to do what's happening now. Well, that's fine. I'll take it however we can get it. But the show of force from the American military and from our our our, our, our politicians in Washington, D.C., I mean, it speaks just volumes. Um, so had we not done that, uh, there would be a complete bloodbath. Now, there still may be, there still may be, um, but at least the enemies of freedom know where we line up, and we line up with the other free countries. We're not lining up with Qatar. We're not lining up with Bahrain. We're lining up with Israel, the one democracy in the Middle East. You know, uh, Linda, you mentioned praying for Israel. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Would you be willing to, could we unite and agree in prayer, and would you lead us in a prayer, Linda? I will. All right, God, folks. We come, to you, we come to you today with thanks for the many blessings you've given us. And, Father, we thank you for Israel. We thank you for bringing that country back in 1948. We thank you, Father, for the support 
that this country continues to give to Israel. And Lord, I just pray that the Christians all around the world will continue to pray and support Israel and that we will not be silent, that we will speak up, that we will stand strong for Israel, Lord. And I pray for our government leaders and our military leaders, Lord, that they will continue to be bold for Israel and that they will not back down, that just as uh, Nixon did in uh, 73, Lord, that they're going to be strong and say, don't cross that line, because if you do, then we are going to be there in full support of Israel. But Father God, we know that you are the supreme being who is there to protect Israel. And Father, we just pray that that is going to be dominant in this conflict. And Father, just that everything that we can do from this country and for many of us that's pray and lord that's the strongest thing that some of us can do but lord we know that you are all powerful and you're able and so father we just pray that your hand will be over all of this and control this and that israel is going to be the victor in all of this in jesus precious name i pray amen amen thank you beautiful linda thank you so much Thank you. Folks, this is Truth and Liberty. Our very special guest, Jan Markell of Olive Tree Ministries. The number is 719-619-2341. We're going to go to April in Colorado. April, thanks for holding, and welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you. Um, my question is just how should we pray for and over Israel? And I, I feel like Linda just did a great job, um, but is, is there anything more uh, specific, any specific points that we should be hitting over Israel and her people? Well, I think we can pray that our enemies be scattered. Um, you know, these are, I'm going to be blunt here. These are barbaric enemies. Someone said uh, this is far worse than ISIS, which is hard to wrap your brain around um, because they're merciless. This is a side of Islam that we're seeing a radical, radical Islam that 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 they're just barbarians. That it's, it stretches our mind because we can't, can't comp comprehend it. I would pray that there be some supernatural protection. I would say particularly for those hostages. Um, those hostages, we don't know the exact number, but there's a lot of them. Um, in the natural, you know, they're going to be tortured. They're probably going to be killed unless God really intervenes. Um, I think that's our big concern, not to mention there's uh, civilians that have been harmed in all the conflict. I mean, the kibbutzim in southern Israel are just decimated by, by way of their, their population and the various uh, kibbutzim down there just being terribly, terribly, uh, almost wiped out. So will they bounce back? Of course. But you can imagine the broken hearts as we're speaking. It's just, it's incalculable because of the manner in which so many of them were executed. So I think we just have to be keeping these things in mind. As much as we don't want to think about them, we almost have to. What if it were your family, your loved ones, your neighbors, that were caught in this crossfire. Yeah, so, and Jan, my heart breaks too uh, for the unsaved Muslims dying. Yeah, yeah. And as much as, you know, I, in a way, last Saturday when all this began to roll out, um, I was very angry because, you know, um, Israel is the apple of God's eye. And for those of us that have been to Jerusalem, I mean, you, you can't go to Israel and not fall in love with the, the, 
the, the place and the people. But at the same time, you know, I'm praying for the salvation of those poor Muslims because yes. they are deceived by a demonic worldview. And folks, I'm just going to say it. Satan is the author of Islam. Yeah. And, and so this, this is demonic, isn't it, Jan? Absolutely. I think that's the key word right now. Um, Satan's on the loose. And he knows that Israel is the key to the whole end time scenario that's beginning to play out. He knows Israel's the key. And if he could wipe out the Jews, he could. He thinks he can interfere with God's end time plan. He can't, but this guy thinks he can interfere with the plan. Uh, nothing will interfere with God's timing nor the way he's got it planned out. Um, so everything you said, Alex, absolutely true. Um, but how we can pray, yeah, let's pray that the enemy, that their mind is scattered and fragmented and and let's pray for the safety of these hostages and let's pray for, um, you know, spiritual a spiritual opening both in Muslim and Jew. I mean, Jewish people, maybe God's chosen people, but they're, they're spiritually blind, most of them, not all, but, but many. Um, and the, the whole field of Jewish evangelism, very, very challenging. I was in it for a number of years. It's very, very challenging. April, uh, what a wonderful call. Do you, do you have a follow-up question for Jan Markell? Um, I don't, but thank you so much for your time. Y'all are doing great, so thank you so much. God is good. God is good. Folks, this is Truth and Liberty. Alex McFarland here. And uh, let me just encourage you on the website of truthandliberty.net. We're constantly putting up content. There's so much there. Let me encourage you. Go to truthandliberty.net slash subscribe. We've got a, a few questions uh, coming in online, but I want to go to, and uh, I'm going to do my best to pronounce your name correctly, Suneo. It's Suneo. Am, am I saying that correctly? Yes. My name is Suneo from Hawaii, but uh, I'm just staying in uh, Colorado right now. Suneo. Yes. yes. Thank you. Uh, my question is that before, not too long before this war was broke, uh, I mean, Hamas attacked. The, there was a news, I don't listen to the major uh, main news, but there's some news talking about persecuting a Christian was the increase in Israel. And I was wondering what the Jewish people regarding Christian and the not Christian Jesus, Yeshua, as a Messiah or not receive as a Messiah. Well, I don't know what they are thinking about Jesus, because uh, the Biden administration, the, all the chaotic things we are going through in the United States, we Christians, we talking to ourselves, we need to wake up, we need to repent, we need to go back to God. I was wondering, you know, Jewish people have some kind of sense of we maybe need to go back to God. That kind of things they have in atmosphere. Okay, Jan. You'd have so, to you'd have yeah. to condense that because uh, I kind of got lost. What What do Israelis feel about Christians? Oh, 
Well, um, it's a broad spectrum spectrum of opinion. Um, in many cases, they're very, very thankful that particularly evangelical Christians are so supportive of Israel. In some cases, evangelicals more so than Jews. Um, at the same time, some are very suspicious of Christians that all we're going over there all the time and all we want to do is evangelize. That's not really true. Many do, and I'm in favor of evangelizing. Otherwise, Muslim, Jew, anybody is going to have a godless eternity in hell. So I'm very, very much in favor of evangelizing everyone, you know, while there's time. But um, Jewish people are very, very, by and large, very thankful that Christians as a block are, are being supportive of financially by way of tourism. Um, just in every way, they're, they're very, very supportive. And again, they will tend to look upon some Christians as uh, the only motivation is, is, is uh, we want to be missionaries. Well, some do, and some are just plain interested in loving Israel because it's Israel. So there's no hidden agenda whatsoever. Uh, Jan, and thank you, Sunea. What a wonderful question. By the way, folks, if you've got a question about Israel and the war, Hamas, uh, the U.S. response, the number 719-619-2341. Um, I know that tourism is a huge part of the Jewish, you know, economy. Is this going to hurt that? Um, there are some tourists caught over there right now. And they're having a hard time getting home because I think the Israeli airport may be closed. Um, my friend Amir, I keep referencing because he's my current radio guest. He's an Israeli evangelical Christian. He just he was in the in, in America for about a month doing meetings, and he was flown to Cyprus, and then was able to get home to northern um, Israel by way of Cyprus. So yeah, there are but there are some tourists over there kind of caught. Uh, I'm not sure how they're going to get home, and maybe they're going to have to wait this war out. I don't know. I mean, I don't have anybody I know who's there, but I see online that they are caught over there. It's a terrible time to be caught over there because even Jerusalem and Tel Aviv is coming under attack. Now, will they be kept safe? Hopefully, but again, um, missiles don't, they're not polite. They're going to hit wherever they want to hit, and they're going to cause damage doesn't care. They don't care who who's in the way. They're going to hurt people. So um, there's so much we can be praying about right now, starting with uh, for the safety of everyone involved. For that matter, for the safety of, I want to pray for the safety uh, of the people in Gaza. There, it, there could be tens of thousands who, who could be seriously harmed by what's coming here in the next probably and, you know, Alex, we keep referring to 1973. That was a three-week war. This will be, too. Um, many, many thousands killed and injured in 73. Going to be the same here. This could be worse. This could be worse. Um, Israel is far more advanced than she was in 73. Far, far more advanced in everything. Weaponry, military, everything far more advanced. Um, and, and the killing power is far more advanced. And that's good and it's bad because we, kept, we care about, about everybody involved. Surely I do. I'm very, very concerned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what is the Iron Dome? For well, those that may be unaware, let's talk about what that sure. is. Sure. 
um, America pretty much finances the Iron Dome. It's a missile system that knocks rockets out of the air as they're speeding towards Israel. And your listeners need to know the Iron Dome failed last Saturday and ongoing, but Saturday, Sunday, I believe. The Iron Dome let some, it, it, it did not fully knock out every missile. A lot got through, and that's why these kibbutzim in southern Israel are so damaged, and that's why parts of of uh, Tel Aviv and Jerusalem are being harmed. Um, but America pretty much finances the Iron Dome, so it's a very, very valuable system to protect Israel from her terrible, terrible enemies. Um, it only came along in more more recent years. It's a incredible defense system, incredible. Um, I thought it had about a hundred percent success rate. N not in this war, not at all. No, it was overwhelmed. Um, and as Amir says on my radio program, he believes that something even more sophisticated than Iran got involved in what we're talking about, and that Russia somehow is involved in the the dismantling of the sort of the 100% effectiveness of the Iron Dome, because it was not 100% by any stretch, um, and that there's something devious going on that the Iron Dome failed and, and so much damage has resulted. Um, I think we have to wait to see how this plays out, because again, and I, I search the uh, Israeli websites daily, Times of Israel, Jerusalem Post, Haaretz. Keep in mind, anybody going on those websites these are leftist oriented, just like in America. The media is very leftist, so you can't get total truth. You need Christian commentary to get the truth. Well, this is Truth and Liberty. Alex McFarland here, Stephanie from Georgia. Keep holding on. We're going to get to you and other callers. Uh, we have a great opportunity tonight to uh, hear from Jan Markell. We've got uh, a dozen questions online about the U.S., about Iran, about end-time prophecies. And so we're going to get there. The number is 719-619-2341. 719-619-2341. Stay tuned. We're back after this. You were created with a purpose. Written in the heart of God. Long before you were born, He is calling you to find it. We want to help you experience His unconditional love to be equipped and empowered to become a world changer. Hey, you know, a big part of what we do here at Truth and Liberty is to provide you with the resources that you need in order to stand for truth in the public square. So I want to remind everybody to go to our website and check out our resources page at truthandliberty.net slash resources, where you can find material that discusses just about every issue we're facing today in our culture. And these are things that are prepared by our strategic partners and some of the uh, most influential and important organizations in America today. Have you been praying about how to make your business your mission field? GospelTruth.tv Business features leadership and financial stewardship training from industry experts. Learn the next steps to building wealth and using it to grow God's kingdom. Tune in Saturdays to GospelTruth.tv Business and watch anytime with GospelTruth.tv Premium. Visit GospelTruth.tv today for biblical teaching you can trust. 
Welcome back to Truth and Liberty. Alex McFarland here. So honored that you're watching. So honored to be a part of this show. And as Truth and Liberty returns and we get to the calls, let me encourage you to pray and participate. You can go to truthandliberty.net slash subscribe. Uh, it's a broadcast ministry, but in many ways, it's almost like a news service. And in addition to the, uh, the content that Richard Harris writes and myself and all the other hosts, we feel so privileged to have access to people like Jan Markell. And uh, next Tuesday, when I'm on again, we'll again be talking about Israel and the dynamics. My guest on Tuesday night will be uh, Kamal Salim, former Muslim. And so Truth and Liberty, we feel like, is touching so many millions of lives. Please pray for this ministry. Please consider becoming a supporter by going to truthandliberty.net slash donate. Well, Jan, I want to say a sincere thanks to you. We've got so many questions, and I know uh, this is a, a, a commitment of time, and I want you to know how, for you being with us tonight, we're all very sincerely grateful. Thank you, Alex. Appreciate that. Let's go to Georgia. Stephanie in Georgia, you are on Truth and Liberty with our guest, Jan Markell. Hello. Thank you for taking my call. Um, Good. I have just a couple of questions that kind of tie together. My first question, Ms. Jan, is do you think that Netanyahu is possibly a compromise leader? And I was wondering if there are any Bible scriptures that describes the state of the leadership in Israel at the end times, if they are under uh, a righteous or a wicked ruler. Is there any scripture that discuss that? No, I don't know of any scripture of uh, going to go, going to Netanyahu. Um, I am concerned he. Uh, I am concerned. Obviously, the country is not happy this happened. The country is stunned that this happened. That that intelligence didn't pick it up. Military didn't pick it up. Nobody in Netanyahu's government picked it up. Total surprise. Um, if I were to go into all the details, where the failure is just staggering you would be shocked um i doubt that he's gonna his his political career is very likely over and that's too bad but again how it happened um i have no idea i'm not an israeli i'm not living in israel but it's a disaster uh, unfolding as we speak i think the the, the ultimate question is how many are going to lose their lives before this is all over. In Yom Kippur War of 73, thousands of Israelis lost their lives. So it's not anywhere near that now, but it certainly could be by the time this is over. This will go on for weeks. It has to go on for weeks. I would hope it'd be over sometime early November, but I, I, who knows? Who knows? Who, is Russia going to get involved? Yeah. Um, are, are other Arab nations going to get involved? Is Hezbollah going to unleash 100,000 rockets that they have in Lebanon. Are the terror groups in Syria going to get involved? What if there's a three or four front war? Now, Israel can handle that, but it, it'll be staggering by way of destruction, loss of life, uh, catastrophe in every respect on both sides. So, so we need to pray that this is going to wind down before any other countries or terror groups even take one step towards getting involved. If, if Russia, I don't think Russia will, now that the Gerald R. Ford is, is there or on its way, I don't think Russia will, as in 73, she turned around. Russia does not want a conflict with America. Now, ultimately, that's going to happen, but 
She does not want a conflict with America because um, we'll defeat her. She knows that. We'll defeat her. Uh, Stephanie, great question. Uh, do you have a follow-up for Jan? No, that that was it. Whenever the only reason it made me think about it is like during COVID, some of the decisions that he was making and the mandates, and just kind of um, it, it just questioned. It made me question his wisdom and discernment. But then I was thinking he could just be a compromise the leader because we seem to have so many now. Wow. Right, we do. Uh, Elena in Colorado. Elena, uh, thank you for holding. Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you. Thank you for taking my, my call. Yeah, uh, I was wondering, too, you know, all this situation in the Middle East is so dangerous. And for us here in America, the same thing. I was, I was uh, reading the other day how many people we have uh encounter from the middle east in the border since 2000 october yes. 2021 to october 2023 we have people from iran from afghanistan from lebanon from i every every middle east country is here already here you That's know right. and um, a good point. you know yes and we have you know a weak president that is not doing nothing. Uh, the problem in Israel that breaks my heart. And also I have a concern because I was watching the other day that Germany has already put their flags and they are supporting Israel 100%. And they have cut off the, the help for Palestine. So they are more... A close and trying to help Israel and us, you know? So really, you know, I was wondering, is this very dangerous for Israel to put their eyes on Germany, you know? And it's a dangerous situation. It's a terrible conflict. Is prayer the only answer for it? Or I really don't know. Well, you can't go wrong with prayer. You know, God has to be in charge of all this. He's allowed it to happen for whatever purpose. Uh, he's got his purpose. We, we know that. Is it going to drive Israel more towards the becoming a people of faith? Possibly. Um, but but he's got his, particularly his end time purpose. So, um, and we also know there are some, um, and Alex, we should reference this for just a minute. There are some end-time conflicts that the Bible outlines. Number one would be Isaiah 17, the obliteration of Damascus. Mm -hmm. uh, Israel has said here in the last day or so, if Syria gets involved, Israel will level Damascus. That's Isaiah 17. That's something to pay attention to. It's never happened in history. It's an end-time reference. Uh, another end-time reference would be Psalm 83, uh, there's there's a conflict outlined in Psalm 83, and and some say it's a war, and others say no, it's just an imprecatory prayer. There's great division among scholars. If it's a war, is it this one, possibly? And I think the big wild card it's Gog and Magog, Ezekiel 38, 39. 
Russia is going to come down. Uh, we don't know when. All of these are in, in, in the end times. Uh, Russia is going to come down along with Turkey um, and Iran and then some other nations with her, Libya, Sudan, Sudan, some other, many, many peoples with you, but led by the power to the uttermost north, we believe that's Russia, Turkey involved, Iran involved. Is that in the process of, let's say, setting the stage for that? Very possibly. Again, some of this is pure speculation. Some of it is speculation that's well worth speculation um, because these things are going to happen. The only thing we don't know is the exact timing could all of this happen during the tribulation? My theology says the church isn't present in the tribulation. Many believe it is, but I don't. So we don't know if, if these wars are in the church age, if they're after the rapture of the church, and therefore in the tribulation. And I just encourage folks to go ahead and study Isaiah 17. You can do that in, in an hour. Uh, study Ezekiel 38, 39, Gog, Magog. And even consider Psalm 83, is it a war or is it a prayer? We don't know. Scholars are divided. But those are the three battles that would apply to your listeners as far as they're on the horizon. We don't know how soon, but could be any day. Great call. Lois in Illinois. Going to Illinois. Thank you for holding. Welcome to the program. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Yes. Um, as I told him, I, I, it may be a little bit off topic, but I'm wanting to try and understand the rapture. I've had a problem with it ever since I even heard about it, um, which was probably about 10 years ago or so. Mm -hmm. And I just have a hard time seeing that in Scripture. To me, it kind of says, well, rather than Jesus coming twice, it's more like, is he coming two and a half or three times or something? And I, and I just don't, I just don't understand. You know, that's a great question. And uh, Acts 1 and uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, really, I, I think of that, you know, Jan, the angel said, this same Jesus will return in like manner. And of course, you know, 1 Thessalonians 4, Lois. Yes. Uh, and Lois, I, I'm with you. I, I was raised Presbyterian, and I was taught what I later learned was replacement theology. And look, I, I realize there are a lot of people that love Jesus, and they are Christians, but they've got different ideas about the end times. Yeah. Listen to this, Jan, and I want your comment. I, I remember as a college student, I was newly saved, and I remember reading it says, that the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the angel, the trump yeah. of God. The dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to be with the Lord. Uh, we'll meet him in the air. That's one of the classic rapture passages. Absolutely. But, That's the best. Yes. Yeah. But uh, Jen, lay it out for us, if you would. Well, um, Jesus says in the Gospels that he's going to go uh, prepare a place for us in heaven, but he will return. And I believe there are two such occurrences. First, the rapture of the church, First Thessalonians 4. Just go ahead and read it sometime. And the second would be in the second coming. Um, so I, 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 and it's going to be a generation where 
the signs of the times are going to point to all of this. And, and the key to that pointing to all of this by way of signs of the times is the nation of Israel. And so we have seen that since 1948, consistently from all her wars to just the fact that she's even reborn. Do you have any idea what a miracle that this nation that was no more a nation not only came back in 48, revived the Hebrew language, became the eighth military might on the planet Earth right now, the eighth. She didn't exist 80 years ago. She'd been decimated, the Jews, in the Holocaust. Um, so what everything is now looking forward to, at least, you know, denominations that hold to premillennial dispensationalism is the rapture of the church, which is so plain, is so blatantly outlined in First Thessalonians 4 and other places that uh, we believe is imminent, uh, absolutely and, imminent. Let, let me say one last thing, and Lois, yeah, thank you for this good call. Um, in Revelation 4 through 20, where, I mean, clearly you've got the, the tribulation here on earth, the church isn't mentioned. Um, the first three chapters of Revelation deal with the seven churches of Asia Minor, yeah. which were literal churches. And, you know, in one way or another, the, the failures and foibles of these seven churches are present in many churches and have been throughout history. But in Revelation 4.1, uh, John is told, come up hither. And in a way, and I don't, right. I don't mean to stretch the text too much, Jan, but that's almost like a, a little snapshot of the rapture. And John is taken up to heaven and he sees the things which will be hereafter. And Revelation 4 through 20, I mean, the, the seals, the, the bowls of judgment, the trumpet judgments, uh, they, it's literally seven years of like hell on earth. Hell on earth. That's the only thing you could say is hell on earth. Now, let me say this, and I want to get to these other calls, but here's the thing, Jan. Um, I've had people ask me in the last week, they'll say, are we, are we in the tribulation? No, not yet, because I believe that the, the switch that will flip that ignites the seven-year tribulation is the rapture of the church. Yeah. But I, I tell you this, and I want your response. I think we're beginning to grasp how perilous times might get even prior to the tribulation. Absolutely. And and Second Timothy 3 says that in the last days, perilous times will come. Well, how do they get much more perilous than what we see going on? How do you get much more perilous than those innocent people in the kibbutzim in southern Israel who, uh, you know, went through things, some survived, that are unspeakable and that will mar, mar, mar them for eternity until they get saved and hopefully enjoy eternity without any of this. But Alex, you just summed it up so well. I mean, the book of Revelation describes the seals, the bowls, the trumpets, unspeakable things that are going to happen on this earth. Now, my theology and that I follow Tim LaHaye and everything that he would have taught uh, tells me that believers are taken out in that rapture of the church to heaven, and at which point then this terrible seven year of hell on earth, that's all it is, hell on earth, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen, and the earth is going to be judged, and the evil people in this world are going to be judged, and this is all outlined in the Bible. Um, I encourage you to tune in, if I could, hang on, Alex, if I could, 
turn into my radio program. We talk about these things all the time, not every week, but heavily. Um, and, and that's looking at the signs of the times, looking at the countdown to the rapture of the church. Um, and what, what it is we should be looking at? I'll tell you the key to it all is our discussion today. It's the nation of Israel. Um, and that's, that's good old left behind theology. If any of you read the left behind books, that's what's going to play out here eventually. Tim LaHaye uh, had it all outlined beautifully. You can still find those books and find it all spelled out. Yeah. Uh, Dodie in Louisiana. Dodie, thanks for holding. And I know you're, you're an AWMI partner. We thank you dearly and appreciate because let me say, God is at work through Karis, Truth and Liberty, AWMI. So thanks for calling in and thank you for being a part of what God is doing through these incredible ministries. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, I kind of, <laughs> I'm, I'm with Miss Lois, okay? But I've always had an understanding of more of the historical view of the book of Revelation. And I know your time is limited. Um, my understanding, and again, I'm just trying to understand. I thought that scripture in the old covenant was fulfilled in Christ. And yes, I mean, I'm for life. I'm totally for life. I'm for the lives of Israelites and Muslims, like you said. I'm not for the war or anything. I'm just trying to understand that isn't it true or is it true that this premillennialist idea or thinking came in with Schofield in the Schofield Bible, and he got this idea or this theology from somebody in Europe before he before the Schofield Bible got over here, and because it was taken across the land by the pioneer movement with so many of the Baptists, and that this idea was put in all these footnotes throughout the Schofield Bible, and that's how it got the foothold. But it actually was not um, taught or thought of in the early church. Now, one other scriptural point just popped out at me the other day because Andrew has taught me so much through the years, about every single scripture means something. When Lazarus died, don't think about Lazarus and his death. This is something else. When Lazarus died and Martha came to Jesus, and she said, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection. And then she said, yes, I know he will be resurrected at the end. Why didn't she say at the rapture if that was in play? Well, the, the term rapture is not in the Bible, but the concept is and the, the theology is in the Bible. But but you won't find that word in the Bible. And you re, you reference Schofield and there's also uh, John Nelson Darby. And those those gentlemen made this theology. If I can just use the word, I, I hesitate, but I, I'm going to say it anyway. They made this theology more popular, um, easier to understand. But it goes back. There are early church scholars that taught a rapture of the church, um, and that really requires another radio, a TV program, whatever here. Um, but but I, I and you raise very fine points because there are theologies, as Alex knows, there are theologies that just don't embrace what we're talking about, and I find that tragic. And I'm not going to get into naming this, the denominations, but that they just don't hold to any of this. They believe in one return of the Lord and the second coming, and. What we're talking about now is stretching it really bad. <laughs> but I'm telling you, everything I'm talking about comes right out of the Bible. It would just take more time than we have to outline it. 
Um, but I'm thankful for Schofield and, and Darby for bringing this to the forefront. But again, it did not start with them. That's yeah. a terrible fallacy. Um, and Dodie, let me say this. Um, we, we love all believers. You know, I, I think about how in John 17, 21, Jesus prayed for unity in the body of Christ. And the, the point of orthodoxy on which we all agree is that Christ is coming back, literally. Uh, and like Habakkuk says, the knowledge of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Um, so within eschatology, which means last things, uh, some believe in the rapture, tribulation, Armageddon, return, millennium, new heavens, new earth. That, for what it's worth, and it's probably not worth much of anything, but as a college student, I was an English major. And I uh, had, was steeped in literature and story and writing, and I got saved. And I had never heard of Hal Lindsey. I'd never read a book. And it was interesting, I, you know, I wanted to read the book of Revelation because, you know, I heard it was full of scary monsters and things. <laughs> and uh, then uh, I began to read the book of Daniel and Ezekiel and Zechariah. And Jan, I mean, I really had no outside influence. And what I came to understand is basically what you would call premillennial dispensationalism. Uh, rapture, tribulation, Armageddon, return, millennium, new heavens and new earth. And I came to that reading the Bible just unassisted, shall we say. But um, let's do another show where let's go back because even Augustine, now not the second half of his life, but early in Augustine's life, he lived 354 to 430, he taught what basically would amount to premillennialism. But anyway, Dodie, um, you know, I, I think within the body of Christ, we've got to love and appreciate each other as you so clearly do. And we love and appreciate you because here's something that Nobody would dispute Jesus is coming back, and yeah. we want to make sure everybody possible is ready. Uh, what a great call. Let's go to Missouri. Frank in Missouri. Thanks for holding. Welcome. Hey, uh, Alec. Appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, my question is about uh, EOD and world finances. What? Uh, how do you think that uh, this is going to affect the uh, World, world finances. Jen, what do you think? Well, can you define what you mean by world finances? Well, the world, the world banking system. The oh, okay. Well, we have a central bank digital currency on the horizon, and that's electronic money. And that means our banking system as we know it's going away. I don't, I can't give you a date. I would say sometime in 2024, um, we're, we're going to have an all new form of, of digital, kind of digital money, digital banking, et cetera. So that's on the horizon. So is this speeding that up? We don't know because we don't know where this is going. Is this going to become an entirely regional war in, involving the entire Middle East and in, involving oil production, et cetera? We don't know. And that's why I'm saying let's pray that this settles down quickly before it spreads to be, involve Damascus, Syria, before it involves all, all of Lebanon, before it involves, my goodness, is Saudi Arabia ever going to get involved in this? Um, you know, I mean, in a worst case scenario, this would be unthinkable. 
Um, and is this the Psalm 83 war? Again, we don't know if that's a war or a prayer. Some say it's one, some say it's the other. If, if Psalm 83 is a war, then perhaps this is it. I, I don't know. But again, these are end time things that are outlined in the Bible. Um, Isaiah 17, Psalm 83, Ezekiel 38, 39. These are going to happen one way or another. Um, is it now or is it 10 years or 100? We don't know. We don't know the timing. Do not know. Jen, with the time we've got left, I've got a couple of questions. Um, one, why is, Israel, why is Russia so interested in Israel? Well, I think that's really a good question. And um, in Gog and Magog, Ezekiel 38, 39, Russia invades to seize a spoil. That means some element of wealth. Is that the, the gas, natural gas in the Mediterranean right off her coast? Is it the wealth of the Dead Sea? Is it her techno technological wealth? Is it some other kind of wealth in Israel that Russia is going to come down and seize the wealth? Probably. There's something contained in, in Israel. I just mentioned three things, natural gas and some other things that Dead Sea is in the trillions of dollars. So those are three reasons she's going to come down. Again, we don't know when. I maintain soon. And if it's not in the very near future, I would say it would be right after the rapture of the church. So when is the rapture of the church? Wish I knew. I'd be sending out an SOS if I knew. And I'd be telling everybody, even if you don't believe it, it's going to happen. Um, and it could happen today. That's the theme of the Bible is that could happen anytime. We've got uh, an online question. Can a Muslim ever be, quote unquote, moderate? Um, you know, I'm not the expert on Islam, but I think there are a lot of Muslims who are, if I can use the word secular, they're like a lot of, of, uh, of Jews. Jews, they're, 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 they're Jews by, by heritage, um, but they don't hold to any kind of a serious faith. They, they may be agnostic. They may be atheist. I think you'll find that within Islam as well. Maybe, maybe not quite to the degree that in other faiths, but sure. Are there Muslims who don't want this terrorist image to go out forever? Yeah, sure. Um, is there a central head? And by the way, this is an online question. Uh, is there a central head behind the various terrorist groups? Are they in any way unified? Boy, that's, that, that is a good question. A central of, of the terrorist groups. Um, I think we'd have to look at who on earth is financing all this terror activity. It'd probably be Russia. Um, what about China? It, it, China could be. I mean, any, any nation that wants to destabilize things is going to be in favor of, of this terrorism. Um, it, it's, a, I, it's a good question. Good question. To, to what degree is the U.S. State Department uh, conversant, literate, up to speed on these issues? Well, that is a million-dollar question. Is the State Department, is uh, anybody in Washington uh, really up to speed on any of this? I frankly, I doubt it. But um, I think we've got terrible corruption in the CIA. 
I, I just I, I don't I don't trust anything going on in our nation's capital right now. Um, and it's just tragic that we've come to this. But again, you know, is this a judgment on America that right now we don't even have a Speaker of the House, for Pete's sakes? Yeah. Is, are, are is, there, is this a judgment? Let me say this. We're almost out of time. I was in uh, Texas last October, a year ago this month, preaching up and down many of the border cities. And I talked with mayors. I talked with law enforcement officials. Some of the illegals coming across the border that have committed crimes and have been apprehended have come from China. Folks, get your mind around this. Coming yeah. across our southern border are militants trained in Chinese terror camps. Yes, exactly. So are there cells in America that could be activated? Yes. I think it's a matter of time, Alex. Uh, and this is a tragedy when you got an administration that's America last instead of America first. Uh, this is what happens. It's a matter of time, and we're going to feel, we're going to experience what Israel is experiencing in, in time. Yep. So, folks, this is the time to have your house in order, shall yep. we say. I want to ask you these questions. Have you accepted Jesus? He's as close by as a prayer. If you need to make sure that you're saved tonight, we'll, we'll pray with you. Call 719-635-1111. And you can make sure that you're saved. Uh, Jen Markell, I cannot thank you enough for being with us tonight, but on a larger sense, thank you for all you do for the kingdom. Uh, of, as we've got 30 seconds, your, your website, how can people find you? Olivetreeviews.org and, and, and check out our Understanding the Times radio. We're on a thousand stations um, all over the country and electronically all over the world. And we try to look at current events from a biblical perspective. I think you'll. You'll, you'll, you'll benefit from it. Yes, you can find it on my website. May God bless you. And folks, thanks for watching. Look, uh, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Are you ready? First John 2.28, you want to meet him unashamed. So have your house in order and tell somebody about Jesus. May God bless Amen. you. Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty Livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty.